The Roots team is proud to bring you Strengthen Your Roots, a podcast that takes a deeper dive into connecting with teammates on topics like leadership, as well as personal and professional skill building. Welcome back, listeners, for this month's episode of Strengthen Your Roots. I'm Carrie Spencer, and I have the privilege to be part of the exciting sub-series where Roots members will be spending time with ELT in a series titled Ask ELT. We've collected questions from teammates around the association. I would like to remind our listeners to stay tuned later in our discussion for the podcast Ponder, where listeners will have a chance to add their input via Yammer on the question of the day and an opportunity to score a top-notch prize. Without further hesitation, here with me today is Executive Vice President, Chief Credit and Operations Officer, Jackie Martini. I am fortunate to have this opportunity to sit down with Jackie as she is the newest member to ELT. We're looking forward to hearing how she and her family are adapting to Omaha, the perspective she's bringing to Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit, and any advice she has for teammates that are young professionals. Welcome, Jackie. Hi, Carrie. Thank you. Yeah. Before diving into questions, can you give us a brief bio, both professionally and personally? I would love to. So um, I grew up in Champaign, Illinois. I was raised by two entrepreneurs. So my dad was a real estate investor and my mom was actually an independent appraiser and owned her own business. And then uh, as I grew up, I went to school at Illinois State University and married my high school sweetheart and we moved to the Chicago suburbs. Um, and this is where it's hard to keep it brief, but I will. But I, I learned a lot, of, earned a lot of humility um, in the early part of my career, just bouncing around in sales jobs up in Chicago, um, just ahead of the financial crisis. So, again, a lot of lessons learned uh, early part of my career. Came back down to Champaign uh, with my husband and was a closing agent for Chicago Title. And then from there, moved into banking. Um, I was brought into banking by a mentor and actually my very first loan officer. Because in college, I invested in single-family homes, like rental properties. And so he convinced me to come over and taught me about credit. And he ended up coming over to the farm credit system. And so, uh, again, I followed him over there. Started as an analyst, a credit analyst there, and kind of worked my way up through various credit leadership positions. Uh, Ultimately became the chief credit officer in 2019 at Farm Credit Illinois. Um, And I had... Retail credit, I had what we call diversified markets, which would be your capital markets, corporate credit, um, and sales, and uh, and then organizational development and lending operations there. And then clearly I came over here in 2022, worked really closely with our teams here, though, during the downturn in the grain economy in that, you know, 14, 15, 16 timeframe, and really just... Uh, enjoyed my time with our teammates here, and and it's an honor to be here. Personally, so I have three kids. I told you I married my high school sweetheart, Mm -hmm. and uh, we have three kids. So my oldest is Olivia, and she's in sixth grade, and then I have um, another daughter, Mia, who's in third grade, and then my son is five, and he'll be in kindergarten next year. Uh, And our dog, Chief. He's a very important part. Actually, our probably favorite child. (laughs) So Chief Credit and Operations Officer, can you tell me a little bit more what that means to you being here at Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit? Yeah, Um, I was really excited about the position itself. 
not actually knowing before I came, um, you know, I was really interested in being a part of the uh, SES America Frontier Farm Credit team. But those preliminary conversations, I didn't know exactly what the position would be. And when I found out that it had credit and operations in it, I was really excited because I had operations at Illinois. And I think it's a critical piece of what we do and understanding the importance of both of those components to our overall business and how smooth our business can operate when um, especially that operations piece is functioning really well. So I was excited about that. And so what that me- what does that mean? What do I do? Um, so I have the retail credit team. I also have the corporate credit and operations teams. And then appraisal credit and resolutions. Um, and then lending operations as well. So for me, it's nice to have a kind of a view into uh, most aspects of our, our lending business uh, on that side. It, it means I'm involved in Lots of different things. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) I have some really exceptional leaders, though, that take care of most everything, thankfully. That's great. So next, we're going to focus our conversation on looking back at your career and the lessons learned, as well as your journey into becoming a leader. So kind of looking back to the beginning, then, what would you say has been the most significant barrier or challenge and how did you overcome it? Yeah, um, I'd say first it was figuring out what in the world I actually wanted to do with my life, um, which I think I don't, most people maybe don't even always I've definitely been there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Really just being completely open and honest. Being in, well, being in credit as a female in the farm credit system initially when I started in 2010 was not the friendliest place to be. And especially moving into various leadership positions in farm credit. It Mm -hmm. was uh, very much a a male-dominated world. And um, so dealt with a a whole host of things in in that environment. Thankfully, we've come a long way. I would say uh, how I overcame that, several factors. So I was uh, raised by some pretty strong female leaders in my family. So I had a really good uh, example growing up. That was really the expectation. So I didn't know any other Mm -hmm. way. And then having some really great mentor, male mentors uh, in my life who were advocates, I'd say, for me and helped me through what would have been pretty strong barriers to say, you're not going to go anywhere. And they really, um, I think, advocated and and helped me uh, get to where I am. I owe them quite a bit. And then having a supportive spouse, I mean, he, uh, the coaching at home always, always helps a lot to get through just the challenges I think you experience in life and career in general. Uh, And then finally, I'd say, as you kind of come out on the other side of some of those challenges is helping coach and build um, other female leaders or potential leaders has been, I I think you're helping them, but you're also helping yourself as well in the process. Definitely. And I like how you said that too. I mean, it takes all aspects, right? I mean, both at work and at home to have that support and uh, know that you can do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. So is there any advice you wish someone had given you earlier in your career? Yeah. Um, It's okay when things don't go as planned. I I wish someone would have sat me down and said, actually, there is no plan. And the curveballs that life will throw you, 
uh, are truly actually blessings. They don't feel like it in the moment, and they can be really hard to overcome those challenges, the um, adversity, but it makes you so much stronger. And then when something else comes, you are prepared for it. So um, I don't know that I actually knew that, and especially going <laughs> through those challenges and failures and all the things. But when you look back, you're like, well, I wouldn't change any of that. So I do, that's what I would tell young professionals, that's what I would tell anybody is just, it'll make you better. Absolutely. I mean, that's a constant challenge, right? I mean, even, even as we get older too, to, to know those things and look back at them. Once you get over that hump, it, yeah. it always does a good thing. Hindsight's always easy. 20, to, yeah, 2020. 2020. <laughs> mm-hmm. So thinking of a mentor, favorite leader, or person who impacted you on your journey, what traits did they exhibit and how do you try to model those traits as a leader? Yeah. I had an incredible mentor who I think about daily and most things that I do, especially when it comes to business and leadership. So he was, he was empathetic, incredibly caring. He cared about my family, my business, my, you name it. I, he genuinely cared, very authentic. So he prioritized time with people. He listened to, to understand and, but he was also very competent and driven. So I think that's important too. Yeah, the right combination. <laughs> yeah, right? Like you, as a mentor, I think it's important to show people it still takes a lot of dedication and uh, investment in your development from a competency standpoint. You, you can be good with people, but mm-hmm. you also have to understand what you're leading to and about and all of those things. So yeah. Those would be the traits I would say I appreciated most in him and I try and use with my teams, well, really with anybody I'm interacting with is to just truly listen to them, to try and understand them, not to try and respond to them. Um, And then I personally read a lot. Uh, I read a lot. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I listen to books on Audible. Reading's a little bit more challenging with kids running around. Like Mm -hmm. I can tend to get away and put like a headset on and listen, but multitask. Yeah, well, like you're running or walking (laughs) or whatever. But at home with the kids, that's a little more challenging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are all great characteristics to have for sure. What advice do you have for any of our teammates that strive to be in leadership one day, knowing that it may take a number of years before the right opportunity comes along? Yeah, I'd say. Be patient and somewhat be careful what you ask for. Leadership is really hard. And um, I think it's easy to look at it as something that's the necessary next step. I'm supposed to go this way. I'm supposed to do these things. I'm supposed to move up the ladder. Uh, and I think you really have to dig deep and understand what you're trying to achieve, where you're trying to go, and why. Mm-hmm. Why do you want to go there? If you can answer that question, which I think a lot of people, when I ask it, can't answer the why. Why do you want to be in that position? Why do you need to do it now? I, I think you really have to dig down and understand who you are and why you're doing what you're doing in order to be successful and happy with the position. So uh, go through that exercise. Make sure you're solid on that. And then, yeah, be patient and just do everything that you can. Raise your hand for whatever it may be because there are whether it's, you know, formal leadership or not, it's all opportunities to learn how to lead in some capacity. And then becoming more well-rounded is going to make you a better leader in general. The more you know about all parts of the business that we do, the better off you'll be in understanding how to get things done. 
So I always just tell people, be patient, because <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it'll be challenging when it comes, yep. but it'll come. So we're going to change gears a bit and we're going to focus in on the credit and operations side of your position. Um, we're going to dive into credit philosophy and how we can improve to gain operational excellence. So to start off, which of the five credit factors, so we have capacity, character, capital, collateral, and conditions, are most important to you and why? So I am so impressed with this question, right? <laughs> this is uh, impressive that you researched to ask this question. So I am going to give two because uh, I know people are going to be like, no, you have to pick one. So character you have to have. I believe, especially from our core values being honesty and integrity, we expect our customers to operate the same way. And without character, it actually doesn't matter if you have anything else because you're not going to repay the loan or you could not because you may make a poor decision. So I think that's an absolute non-negotiable. And then I would say capacity from there. So that's my kind of the numbers side of things answer. So you have to have, in, in my mind, you need capacity long-term capacity to service your debt and take care of your operation and manage whatever opportunity is coming. And so if that works out, in theory, you should be sustainable long-term. And so that's that's why that's my answer. But you do have to have the character piece. You have to be a good person who's going to do what you say you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you know they're going to pay, pay us back? Yes. Yep. And I may have had some help on that question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Would you say your credit philosophy has changed at all since joining the association? No. So this one's an interesting and like, I think it was, I might've been like day three and I'm getting the, what's your credit philosophy question? And I always tell them credit philosophy is so much bigger than one person or one leader. And I knew our credit philosophy coming in and was very much aligned with it. And that's a part of the decision as a credit professional, I needed to feel aligned with the philosophy of the association as well. I knew I would do it a little bit differently, interpret things a little differently, probably evolve it over time, which it should be evolved as, you know, the landscape of agriculture changes. But I tell people my philosophy is we need to, our uh, operations need to have balance. We have to maintain discipline through the good times and the bad. And we do all that so that we can consistently provide credit to our producers through the good times and the bad. Agriculture is cyclical. Mm -hmm. And um, so we know it's going to go up and it's going to go down. And our customers need to know that we'll be there through the down. Mm -hmm. So this kind of intertwines nicely with the next question then. So in the next one to three years, which industry or industries do you foresee will be at risk for performance? So I can tell you right now, Swine is kind of on our radar right now as being the most stressed of our, our main industries or segments of agriculture. And so that's that would be my answer at the moment. But as I mentioned in my last um, answer, uh, agriculture is cyclical. So all we know is that each of our segments are going to cycle up and down. Mm -hmm. And so they all will go down through, through a down period. And if I had a crystal ball and can tell you exactly when and how, <laughs> I would be really, really rich. And <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> but for now, we try and, you know, rely on other things to help us predict, you know, what that might be. But being in commodity, a commodity business, um, like all of our producers are, it's just very, especially lately, it's been very volatile and it's a challenge to plan for. But we 
tend to plan for worst case scenario, mm-hmm. what could be happening, what could be coming, what could they deal with, what are the challenges ahead? And um, yeah, that's how we that's how we plan for it. But swine swine is feeling it right now. Uh, and our our teams are doing an excellent job. So shout out to uh, our swine team for all that they're taking on. That's that's not an easy environment to operate in. Right, right. So as you've hit the ground running to gain an understanding of our processes, what is one area we could prove upon to gain operational efficiency? Let's go with communication. <laughs> and so many communication <laughs> channels we have. So there's a couple of things on communication too. So we have, I think there's that, there's a lot of communication channels. When I started, I was like, I don't know where, like who is sending what from where or where I'm supposed to go. And it's hard to know where to go to find what you need to get something done, mm-hmm. right? I just, I just want to go do X and I'm not sure where to find that and how much time am I going to take to invest in that? That's a challenge everywhere, I think, is as we get more technology and, and ways to communicate, then you just get more channels of communication mm-hmm. and more confusion. But the other thing is our communication between our business and more of our, I'd say, technology or project execution, we get this kind of back and forth of, well, they don't understand the business. And they're like, well, they don't understand how we run projects. And so how do we, I think that's just a challenge. It's an opportunity for us to become more, yeah, operationally efficient by enhancing that communication and understanding between one another. Absolutely. Yeah. I would, I would say too, just from even being on, you know, that side of the business technology, I mean, once you can fully understand businesses needs too, I mean, having that common ground is, I mean, just going to make your projects run that much more smoother too. Yes. So Jackie, thank you for sharing your valuable insights and experiences so far in our conversation. Before we continue, this is a good opportunity for our listeners to know a little bit more about yourself and to get you on your toes. We're going to do a lightning round where I will fire off some questions and I'm seeking your initial response without explanation. So how does that sound? Sounds scary. (laughs) Ready. (laughs) Great. So I, I promise we'll start off easy. Okay. Okay. So what would you say is your favorite book or podcast? Book is called The Secret. Wish I could explain because you think I'm crazy, but look it up, The Secret. And uh, podcasts, I like Trepwire and Squawk Box. Your favorite item from the farmer's market? I like those falafel balls in the, <laughs> in the salad bar. I, I don't, people are like, what are those? They're so good. I don't. <laughs> Best movie of all time? Because I have kids. The Greatest Showman. I love that movie. The music, the whole thing. I've seen it many times. Yes. Uh, say something in another language. Hola. I'm the worst. <laughs> Future goal. Perfect. Perfect. Number of cups of coffee you drink on an average day. Depends on how I can count cups. So, you know, a big Yeti, I do like two of those. It's probably like five or six cups. It's a lot. <laughs> what is your favorite piece of FCSA Frontier swag? My Yeti cup. I love it. Uh, well, and it's Ag Direct. So they have great swag. <laughs> Favorite sport to play? Basketball. I I love playing basketball, mostly with my kids now. I'm not that I'm not like in an adult league or anything. <laughs> and what about to watch? Football. Favorite restaurant in Omaha? Oscars. Oh, uh, nice. Pizza and wings. Yeah. Place you most want to travel to? 
Ireland. This episode's podcast ponder question is... Nickname you had growing up? JJ. Oh. Do we need an explanation? So my middle name is Jean, Jackie Jean. Mm -hmm. And so they, and I was a tomboy, so they just felt like JJ sounded more appropriate. (laughs) If you could have dinner with anyone, past or present, who would it be? His name is Clint Atkins. He um, owned, built in uh, a very successful business back in Champaign, Illinois, where I was at. And my husband actually works for his company, but he passed away right before my husband um, started, but very well known and rags to riches type story. I'm always so impressed with people who Mm -hmm. can come from nothing. Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah. So this next one, um, we also asked Scott Binder uh, when he did our last Ask ELT series. So we'll see what you think. Who runs the fastest 40-yard sprint on ELT? That would be me. So um, <laughs> game on, Scott. <laughs> Perfect. I think I see a competition yes. happening in the future. <laughs> So as I mentioned earlier, you're the newest member of ELT and coming from another association, we're anxious to discuss your experience so far and where you see opportunities for us to grow. So thinking back to August of last year, what has been your favorite or most memorable day so far and why? The uh, Employee Appreciation Day, our Teammate Appreciation Day, was so we dressed up, ELT Mm -hmm. and senior leaders dressed up like the Wizard of Oz for us and at first you're like oh man we gotta dress up on top of all the other things in the day and we had so much fun but just seeing all the teammates come in and they were like shocked Mm -hmm. (laughs) we were as dressed up as we were and I think as silly as it is right I still think it was fun for everyone and it's good for us to lighten up every Mm -hmm. now and again I think my biggest, uh, not my biggest takeaway, but my funniest takeaway also was Mark Jensen and Krista had to have somewhat of a serious conversation right after we were done with the breakfast. Oh, it's and they're in their, their costumes, costumes. <laughs> super serious. And I was like, I don't know how this is, you can't take each other How's seriously. How's this working? <laughs> <laughs> what would you say has surprised you about Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit? And is, was there anything that made you go, you do what? <laughs> <laughs> so... ERGs, actually, and Mm -hmm. not because that's what we're doing here Mm -hmm. today, but I found those to be uh, surprising, pleasantly surprising, because it was, you know, as I looked around and the teammates that were involved and the number of ERGs we had, and then especially because the all-ERG conference was right after I started, that level of commitment and investment in what our teammates care the most about and are passionate about to create, I think, not only just engagement with our teammates and supporting what they are passionate about, but then kind of creating more inclusive, more a more inclusive and educated culture. That's it was really impressive. To me. It is still really impressive to me, and I I have a lot of pride in knowing that we do that. And then that's why I love to be a part of them whenever I'm invited or however I can be involved. Yeah, that's awesome. And I know even like we had our face-to-face meeting in December and greatly appreciate you stopping by there just to get to know you better. And I know the group really appreciated that too. Yeah, that I appreciated the invitation Yeah, to have some of our best in there planning really for our future leaders mm-hmm. and young professionals. A lot of great opportunities for teammates to get involved for sure. Yeah. 
So coming into the association as a fresh face, what have you noticed about the culture here and how is it maybe different from your previous employer? I have received this question quite a bit too, and I don't want to disappoint. The farm credit system as a whole has a really unique and attractive culture. And I think it's because we serve agriculture and being in other industries before when I was in commercial banking, agriculture is just filled with people of integrity. Mm-hmm. And so that level of honesty and care and concern for one another and actually just of kindness, it doesn't exist in other industries like it does, I think, in agriculture. And then because we support that industry, I think the farm credit system uh, embodies that as well. And so I had the same culture at Farm Credit Illinois that I was extremely shocked by after I came from commercial banking. And I was happy to find out that the culture was very similar here, Mm -hmm. that people were competitive yet kind, and they'll challenge you, but you know they challenge with care. And it's not just because they're trying to uh, one-up you or anything. Mm, It's It's in a good way, in the right way. It is. It's truly for the benefit of the association and our customers, not them individually. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what makes our culture unique. It's highly collaborative, trusting, caring, uh, all those things. So I've just been happy to see that we do have that here and we hire the best people, the kindest and best. (laughs) So knowing us and always wanting to get better, is there any areas that you see that we could improve upon? As far as culture? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a good question. I think more just under Or even engagement, maybe. I think from a just from a culture standpoint and wanting to improve is the key. You hear talks about our culture's changing, and I think that's everywhere, too. Mm-hmm. But that's okay because our people are going to change. And right? the world outside is changing so fast, yeah. too. So we should change. Mm-hmm. I think as long as we stay who we are at the core with the core values, it's uh, okay for our culture to evolve and so I, I, that's more my observation is just let's be okay with the evolution. Mm-hmm. I like that. So what would you say your family's favorite thing to do in Omaha is so far? I guess you hit kind of on the tail end of summer. Got yeah. to experience Omaha winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank, that was a great opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> or what are you maybe looking the most forward to? Yeah. So we have experienced, I have, you know, split household with kids of all ages. And so the Omaha Children's Museum is a huge hit for my younger two. My older one's way too cool for that. Mm -hmm. We have done, we've hit the sports scene. So that is what our world is outside of work and school is attending all of their different sports events. We have soccer and basketball and karate and now t-ball So, and we love that. We love to go to that stuff. It can be a logistical nightmare at times, but to watch our kids engage uh, in all those activities has been a lot of fun. There's a lot more opportunity here. That's what's been nice in Omaha is the opportunity for them to join teams that are similar to their skill levels and commitments and those types of things. Yeah. And probably a great way to meet other people as well. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Where you come up and you're like, hey, we're the new people. Can we be friends? (laughs) (laughs) Show me the ropes. Yeah. So we're going to change gears a bit as we wrap things up. Um, So as we think about the changing landscape for our customers and how we will adapt, what are the top three transformations our association will potentially make over the next five years? 
Or what are those like next big things for us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. They probably won't be surprised that I'm Mm -hmm. going to speak off of our top strategies uh, because those are really uh, set out into the future. So that digital strategy is something that we're planning for clearly as one of our uh, strategic priorities for this year, but that's on into several years to really get that off the ground and really ingrained in our culture and who we are and our customers understanding it. So digital strategy is definitely uh, probably one of the top ones uh, that we will see from a change standpoint. Then collaboration, the system is, the farm credit system is going to continue to consolidate. And so our focus on collaboration is, again, it has to be a priority as we look around and see the consolidation and why. I mean, the costs are increasing and we have to be able to serve our customers, maintain our cooperative in an efficient manner so that, again, we're that's the best service for our customer is a healthy cooperative that returns that patronage back to them. So collaboration is going to continue to be a key over the next several years. And then our business model evolution. It's amazing to me how in the past three years, how quickly agriculture has and agricultural lending has changed and evolved relative to the 10 years prior. And I think that pace of change is just going to continue. And so our business model similar to digital is going to continue to have to evolve. And uh, we're just looking at so many different things uh, with that business model evolution that I never could have imagined five, six, seven years ago. It's exciting. Mm-hmm. It's overwhelming. Your toes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where you're like, geez, who's going to do what next? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're almost trying to keep up and you want to be ahead, but it's really hard to do in this kind of startup nature of everything these days. But yeah, those would be my top three. Have right to now. be okay with change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's the, what, the only constant. Mm-hmm. So we all know that no two days are alike here, but could you share what a typical day in the life looks like for you? Maybe I shouldn't say chaos, but it, it's, it's a little chaos. I get it. I have four kids. I get it. <laughs> so yeah, where do you want to start? It starts mm-hmm. at, my days start about uh, 4.30, 4.45 in the morning, yeah, just because I feel like you had to start your day right. So I work out and that's my time. And then it's just organizing the circus that is my house and everybody going in different directions. I've got three kids going to three different schools. And so uh, once I get to work, that's my break. <laughs> Calm we won't down. tell Mark. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Drink my coffee, like finally <laughs> sit down. No, and then it's really meeting to meeting. I mean, there's a lot of meetings because of our collaborative culture and um, just trying to make sure we get consensus on things. We fully vet we bring everybody in the loop. We listen to feedback. You know, some of the main things I've been working on um, have been around, you know, sustainable lending limits evolution and the discussions it takes to get through all the stakeholders and change management and, you know, why we why we need to do what we do there. Hold limit analysis, which I might just bore people. So if this gives you an idea. <laughs> There's a lot of things to take care of behind the scenes from a portfolio management and execution standpoint that take a lot of time and, and collaboration with several teams. So I think it's really just, I look at my days as pulling a lot of cross-functional groups together to try and make some progress towards our strategic initiatives. Mm-hmm. But what that entails is a lot of meetings 
goes back to the communication piece, right? Yes. In, in different ways. Yeah. So the biggest challenge of that is inbox management after mm-hmm. that, because your whole day is meetings and then you come back and your inbox is overflowing. There's some days I wish I could just say, I'm just going to delete them all and start over. (laughs) I think we all do that. You Mm -hmm. read it everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Time management and inbox management. But yeah, so it's collaboration with, again, people up and down the association and all over from a functional standpoint. So with being on the executive leadership team, what is maybe one misconception or something you wish teammates knew about ELT? Maybe I shouldn't say this. You should see some of our email strings on our <laughs> ELT <That's good. laughs> distribution That's good. list. Um, we may use some memes every now and again. So I guess we can have some fun is my point there. Mm-hmm. We can have fun, and we do joke around quite a bit, and which is good for I guess, just a healthy team environment. But on the serious side, we are a collaborative culture, and so sometimes we can talk about you know, does groupthink come in at times and um, because of our farm credit nice too. And at ELT, I could tell you of all the meetings I'm in, the most debate and challenge does happen in our executive leadership teams. And I think that's important for our association to understand that, first of all, debate is really healthy and challenging one another. And we do that in ELT. And so and then we have fun after. So we're, it's a balance. Perfect mix. Yeah, it's a, it is a very good mix. So I, w- I would want our teams to know, I would hope that they would want us to be doing that. Mm-hmm. So to wrap things up, what advice would you give to young professionals at Farm Credit Services of America and Frontier Farm Credit? The sky's the limit here. Once you figure out what you want to do and why, there are so many opportunities across the association and don't pigeonhole yourself into one tract or one opportunity that you have to follow or have to have. Be open-minded and take ownership of your own career goals, work-life balance. You know, you see that sometimes where people say, well, I wasn't told or I wasn't, you know, tapped on the shoulder and said, go do this um, or try this, or I couldn't balance my work and my life. And I think once you take ownership and know that you have, you're the only one who really knows you and what you want and what's your life, what's going on in your life at the moment, you have control over that. So that's really my advice to really any professional. And only you're the one who knows what you want. So don't be afraid to go after it and let people know that you do want it. Communicate. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. And, and too, I like that piece about you have to let other people know. Um, and no one's going to do it for you either. It definitely has to come come from you yourself. Yep. Great advice. Thank you. So Jackie, thank you so much for joining our conversation for this month's Strengthen Your Roots podcast and being part of our Ask ELT series. It has been a pleasure to learn more about you and your leadership perspectives. For our listeners, I hope today's podcast was valuable in giving you a firsthand look into another member of our executive leadership team. For any questions, comments, feedback, or ideas for future podcasts, please email dollar sign roots. Don't forget to engage with us on Yammer with our podcast ponder from today's episode on a chance to earn some roots swag. Stay tuned for next month's episode where the Beacon ERG takes over the Roots podcast channel. Thanks everyone and have a great day. Thank you for joining us on Strengthen Your Roots. We hope you'll join us again on our next episode.